All right. Uh, so Josh opened us. Uh, it was really important for us not to just make a business meeting just about business, that it included worship. We've included communion um, because this really is, you know, we sing that song, Be Thou My Vision, and it really is our best effort to listen to what God's vision is, how He's leading us, where He's pushing us. Uh, our, our genuine, authentic hope is that you hear that vision uh, and understand that vision today and that we can then move forward together. Uh, so I'm going to pray for us again and then I'm going to turn it over to Grant. So would you please join me? God, the most intimate thing you call us to is into a life of prayer. There is literally nothing on this planet that we can do or say or participate in that draws us to the heart of, of your heart than in prayer. And yet we want to ask for your forgiveness because so often our prayer lives are, are super quick. And so this morning we, we just want to talk with you. We want to submit to you. We want to surrender to your authority if there's anything that that has been planned and strategized on behalf of the elders for this church in conjunction with conversations with leaders if we're off path would you do whatever it takes to bring us back on path I pray that you would give us hearts that are attentive not to what Grant and I say but to what you are saying Thank you that we are a family. We are not an institution. We are not a business. We're not even an outside organization. We are your bride. And so please come and, and do what only you can do and, and take what can often be mundane and, and make that special and holy and life-changing. And so we pray all these things in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. All right, you want to, Chuck, you want to hit the first slide? Thank you so much. Um, so, again, um, annual meetings are one of those things you have to do. It's kind of in our bylaws, and you just kind of have to do it. But it really is a good thing to do just in general anyway, just to get everybody up to speed on what's going on and kind of where we are as a board and kind of what we see, how we see things going. And then, obviously, we've got to talk about money at some point in time, so we're going to do that as well. So, But the intent, when Brian and I put this together, was to say, let's not make this just a boring meeting, but weave in the mission and the vision and just remind everybody we had a great sermon series a while ago. We're going to touch on some of the key things that we're talking about in that series and kind of dive in a little bit more uh, as we get into um, uh, kind of how we enable that through facilities and through uh, our budget and, and whatnot. So we're, this, this is what we're going to go through. And then um, we are going to have a vote at the end, and it's a vote of affirmation. I'll talk a bit more on what actually the vote actually represents and what it is, but we're going to have that's one bolt that's missing there. That's we're gonna, how we're going to end this up. So next slide. So Brian's going to talk a little bit about and unpack kind of what our mission actually is. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so how many of you guys have seen this statement before? Many hands. Love that. All right. Uh, how many of you do not have it memorized? That's all right. Our elders don't even have it memorized. Not all of them, but some of them. <laughs> Grant. Um, so... Here's our mission statement. This has, this uh, in, in a sense, been the mission statement for 21 years of this church. Uh, some wording has changed a little bit here and there to sharpen it and be more specific. But essentially, since Galen and Beth and Mark and some others met in Beth and Mark's living room to kind of launch this church and dream about what would it look like for us to start a church, this has been the heartbeat of this church. And so I want to read this to you again. Our mission as Rock Creek Church is to equip every single person to take the next step in becoming a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. The reason why we have mission statements, and how many of you have ever heard of, seen, been a part of, worked for uh, somewhere where there's an or a mission statement and it means nothing? Anybody? Yeah. It's the same thing in the church. We, we tend to think that we're different. It can be the same thing in the church. It could be the same thing with a missions organization or the business you work for. We say, hey, you know, we don't make it till you, 
you order it, Burger King or whatever, and then they're warming it up in the microwave, right? So mission statements are only as good as they're played out. And so that is something that we care very, very deeply as an elder board and leadership team that we're trying to do. And I just want to real briefly help you focus on a couple of areas of why this mission statement matters to us. The first words are every person. We want to make sure that we're equipping every single person, whether it's someone that we just meet randomly, like I did the other day sitting at a coffee shop with with someone I had never met that wanted to talk about this prompting that she was feeling uh, about God. Wonderful. That's our job is to help everybody take the next step. Everybody. That means everybody who walks through our doors, everybody who you're friends with, everybody who wants to be loosely or firmly affiliated with Rock Creek Church. That's our job. That's our mission. That's what God has told us to do. Whether that's in the bushes of Rwanda, Uganda, down in Juarez, the Denver Rescue Mission, or right here at home in Boulder or Louisville or Erie or Westminster or Superior, and the list goes on of where you all are from. That's our job. The next thing is next steps. This is critical because, you know, we, uh, we wrestled with, with this particular part of the mission statement, and the reality is our job is to help everybody take a step, is to come alongside you and figure out what is that next step. For some of you, uh, you are called to uh, go with Olive Branch or Hope's Promise to Africa. That's your next step. You need to do that for your faith development. Some of you, your next step is to know what Hope's Promise or Olive Branch is. That's your next step. And, and that's not in any way uh, a ridicule or a tongue-in-cheek. That is a reality. For some of you, uh, you need to get a Bible. You don't own one. You've never owned one. You don't even know where the first book of Genesis is. That's great. That's your next step. Others of you, you have 15 Bibles at home. You need to read them, right? Right? <laughs> It's all of us. There isn't anybody in this room that cannot take a step. And so our job as a church, as, as a church that we have received from the Great Commission, the call to make disciples is, what is your next step? You say, well, my marriage is about to fall apart. I want a great marriage. Okay, well, what is the next step? And sometimes what we do is we just jump to the end of the story instead of going, what are the steps that we need to take in order to get us there? Our job is to help you figure those things out if you're willing to let us into those areas of intimacy of your life. Take next steps what? To becoming. The reason why we chose this word becoming is because Philippians makes it abundantly clear we are never going to be done until Jesus comes again period. We are a work in progress. We are mistake-ridden. We, we promise God I'll never again fill in the blank. And then a month goes by and we do it again. We have thoughts that we go, man, where did that come from? We have judgment. We have criticism. We have anger. We have bitterness. And the list goes on. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that when God came, He didn't just come in the form of a baby that we just celebrated at Christmas to redeem so that one day we could be with him in heaven. He came to redeem so that we could be more like him even now. It's a taste of heaven on earth, here and now. And, and we get to see it. I hope, hopefully you all get to see it. We, we see it especially in a lot of our teenagers when they're going through those maturing years. All of a sudden they're going, well, my goodness, they were like polite to me this morning or they read their Bible or they put the toilet lid down. Amazing. They're growing up on us. It's the same thing spiritually. We take steps to become, not we take steps so that we get there. So that's, that's, uh, that's the third one. The, the other word that I want to draw your attention to is devoted. We're becoming what? We're becoming devoted followers. What does devoted mean? Devoted means something that you're literally just pouring your life into. It's not a hobby. It's not something you do on the side. It's not something that you get around to. Uh, some of you would say that you're devoted uh, to housework, but you don't know where the vacuum cleaner is. You do it as a necessity. You're not devoted to it. You would say, well, you're devoted to workout, which means you drive by a gym. 
You're not devoted to working out, right? If we're devoted to something, there are things that show that. It's the same in the church. If we're devoted to our spouse, we pour into them words of encouragement, words of affirmation, love, romance, kindness, respect, good communication. All of that shows we're devoted. If you substitute those things out and replace it with the opposite, then the result is we're not devoted. And so it's the same thing in the church. And so what we're doing is we're taking steps, helping every, everybody take steps to becoming a more fully devoted follower of Rock Creek Church. Now, our job is not to make you a devoted follower of Rock Creek Church. Our, our job is not to make you a devoted follower of the institutional organization of church. Because guess what? I will wrong you. I don't want to. And I hope I never do it on purpose, but I will wrong you. Grant will wrong you. The church will wrong you. We will fail you. Jesus Christ will never fail you. He will never leave you in the dark. He will never turn away from you. He will never be the one where you go to him and you find emptiness. And so our job, our mission is to create fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That is what we do. Now, a lot goes into that. We'll be discussing that, you know, as we go throughout the morning. That's why our mission statement is so unbelievably important. Because is our mission statement to make sure that the community has fun? No, it's not. It's a byproduct of something if, the, if it's a means to an end. Is our mission to go and make sure people are fed in Juarez? No, it's not. It's a part of the mission. It's a part of a tool. It's a part of the tactic. But our goal, our mission, according to the Great Commission and the Great Commandments, is to create fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That means, I want to make this personal now, think about you, just you. Not you as a married person, not you as a dad or a mom or a worker or a son or a daughter. I just want you to think about you. Our mission is to help you take a step, several steps this year, in becoming a more fully devoted follower of Jesus. For some of you, that's going to be a bumpy road. That's okay. For some of you, it's going to be smooth sailing because God has chosen that time is now and you are off and running. He's blowing his spirit on you. That's great. That's our job. And guess what? You see all the empty seats in this room? There are still people who need to know Jesus Christ that need to be in these seats. And then we get to help them figure out what their next step is. It's not science. It's not one plus one equals two. It just doesn't work that way. But that's our devotion. That's what our call is. All right. <clears throat> Chuck, if you can move to the next slide, it'd be great. So, um, you know, we went through this in a sermon series a while back. Um, Brian, everybody did a great job in presenting this. So we thought we'd go through the vision component, kind of each one, unpack it a little bit, and have a little discussion about what does this mean? What, what does each one of these bullets mean? And as we go through this, the, the idea is to say, okay, as Brian just mentioned, as, we, as you think about what each one of these means, what does it mean to you, and then what does it mean into how we move forward as a church? And, and, and that's, they're all intertwined together, so that's kind of in the context of I'd like you to, to listen to these. So. Yeah, so we have our mission statement to help everybody, uh, equip everybody, give them the tools to take the next step and become a more fully devoted follower of Jesus. How do we do that? We have chosen to camp out on some very specific areas. All of these are discipleship. Some might be more deeper if you're kind of that deep thinker, that deep feeler, theology, etc. Some of you aren't really there. You just want, you know, to be somewhere that's peaceful. All of it is discipleship in the process to accomplish our mission statement. View these as tactics of how we're going to accomplish it. Number one is belonging. Again, as Grant alluded to, this was in a sermon series that we did on what is most important to us. What are we really going to focus on uh, as a church? And when we talk about belonging, uh, one of the big ones there is we're talking about building community building friendships, building camaraderie, building support, building laughter. Some of you like to laugh. Some of you need to look up the word. Uh, but we love to laugh and have fun here. That's what we do. Why? We have a lot to be happy about. 
God loves us while we were still yet sinners. And he didn't just love us, he died for us. That creates a common bond with us that you do not have with your neighbors who are really good friends with you. That creates a bond as much as I love a lot of my family members. There are several who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and even worse are combative towards him. That I can only get so close to those individuals. Those who have a common heart, a common purpose, a common pursuit is what creates a sense of belonging. What other things that create a sense of belonging? Well, we talked about our needs cards in there. For you to be able to share your needs with another person takes unbelievable courage. For you to share your hurts and pains and struggles with another person takes unbelievable courage and strength. And yet, the result is it brings us together. One of the things we talked about in one of the sermon series is if you ask someone, hey, what are the greatest points in your life where you saw the most growth? Very rarely do you ever hear, well, man, I just, I grew leaps and bounds laying on the beach in Cancun. Like, that is when my character and my faith just took off. Maybe, and that's not, not saying God can't do that. Most of us in this room, we would raise our hand and go, hard times, suffering, conflict, going without struggle, pain. Those are the things that build community. And so for us, that's, a, that's an important part of what we're trying to build here in every effort. So how do you see, for example, like life groups working in that? Well, what I wish we did, I wish we had time for a lot of you, uh, not all of you, but there are a lot of you whose lives were, were and are radically changed because of life groups. Um, I have met in the last month with a handful of you, and in the midst of that conversation, life groups have been your anchor. Now, that's not the same for, for everybody, and we don't even pretend that it is going to be for everybody. But in many, many of our life groups, it has created community, friendships, encouragement, strength to one another so that we don't feel like we're going through it alone so that we have those friends to go through uh, the highs and lows. So I think, that has, I think that's helped build uh, a little bit deeper community than just staring at everyone's back of their head a little bit. Now, I want to give a shout-out again to Lisa Billion as, as a proxy. <laughs> it scares me. Um, but Christine as well. And, and just, you know, the, what's been going on in life groups is awesome. I mean, if you look at what, what a percentage of people would consider themselves in a life group here, it's like... We have over 100, we have a, over 100 adults. Over 100 adults in life groups. And so that's, that's awesome. I mean, you guys should give yourselves a hand of that. But, but what this is in, in belonging is, okay, now I'm in a life group. Am I going? Am I participating? Am I seeking the needs of the, of the people that are in there? Um, Am I asking people in the life group to pray for me? Are we following up? That's the, the belonging part is just not showing up at a life group or, a, you know, at, at an event we're having here. But it's like, am I investing time into that? Am I to, to make sure that other people feel, feel like they belong in that group? So that, that's, a, that's a core aspect of why we, why we kind of preach about life groups all the time, because that is a way that we can help people belong. Yeah, and it's bigger than a program, right? So life groups are a program, if you would. And it's bigger than program. You know, it's uh, the Pope, I think, is in the other room. Is he teaching over there? His sermon a couple weeks ago, and I, I don't even know what it was on, but I remember him talking about we have to care for each other. Does anybody remember what he talked about? The topic? What was it? Caring for each other. Okay, well, that's appropriate. Um, <laughs> But he talked about that it has to be us caring for each other. So you see someone who's maybe down, you go, hey, can we grab coffee? You see someone that you've said hello to for six months, and you still don't, Grace, know their name. <laughs> you too could say, hey, can we grab breakfast so I can get to know you? Building community. Any church that relies on program to build community is scheduled to fail. It will never work. It has to be a genuine sense of community. And guess what? For a lot of you who are introverts, meters are going off and your blood pressure is rising, your hands are sweating. It's scary, but it's what builds community. 
Start by saying hi. You go, well, I, I can't ask someone to go to breakfast. Great, just say hi. Make that your first step in creating the community. The, the second stage uh, as we try and fulfill our mission statement is growing. Uh, you know, when we talk about equipping every, every single person to take the next step in becoming a more fully devoted follower of Jesus, that has a, a connotation of growth. We want to help every single one of you grow. I, I say this all the time. My hope and dream is that next January when we're having this meeting, you can say, man, I don't know how, I don't know where, and I don't know uh, who is responsible, but I am closer in my relationship with Jesus Christ today than I was last January. That's our goal. We want to help you grow. And, and a lot of that just means maturing. You know, I hope my boys are more mature next January than they are today. Some of you with young kids, you get that. That's a goal of a parent. It's also the goal of a church is we want to continue to mature. And that means, is Irv here? Irv's not here. From the oldest of old, Polly and Irv, our, our dearly loved ones, who are our flag bearers, to the youngest of young. I don't even know who the youngest one is. Uh, the Pope could probably tell us. But we've got little babies in there. That everybody is growing. I hope you never get to the place where you go, well, I'm, I'm done, I've matured enough. That's a lonely place to be. I hope you're still growing. It also means uh, some specifics on that. We, as a community, as a family, we need to know our Bible. We need to know what the Bible says. We're going to find out a lot about this in our series that's coming up on blueprints. Because a lot of us have opinions, we have convictions, we have ideas, but we don't know what the Bible says. We have to know our Bibles. We have to be memorizing Scripture. We have to be so in the Word that Scripture is so readily available on our lips. Why? Because it allows us, as, as Peter and Paul said, to have an answer, but it also allows us to be fed on a regular basis without having to wait to get home to a book. Prayer, we talked about that in my opening prayer. Prayer is the most intimate thing you have with your Lord Jesus Christ. By prayer, you get to go into the Holy of Holies, something that if, if those people from the Old Testament were sitting here would be aghast at such a notion but you get to walk into the Holy of Holies at any moment of any day as often as you want, and you get to stay as long as you want. What a gift. Fasting. Some of you have never fasted. Uh, some of you, uh, much like the introverts, started sweating. If I say fasting to you, you're starting to shake because you're already hungry. I get it. Fasting is weird, it's complicated, it's mysterious, it's holy, it's special. How does it work? Who should and who shouldn't? How long and what do we give up? There's a lot of things to learn and grow on, but fasting is a way to mature and grow in your faith. Becoming a disciple of Jesus, you say, well, what does that look like? Well, a disciple of Jesus is making disciples of Jesus. You're investing in someone else. Whether it's someone your age or you're investing in the children's ministry or Thrive ministry or the men's ministry, women's ministry, you're, you're serving someone other than you. You're pouring into. You say, well, isn't that serving? No, that's also growth. I hope this is okay. Aaron and I met for coffee the other day and we were just talking about life and next steps and good man, uh, father and husband stuff. And one of the things I told him is, here's what I think you need. You need someone pouring into you, and then you need to go pour into someone. You know where I learned that? Juarez. I've thought about it all my life in ministry, and yet Juarez with Sandy solidified it. And it will always, from now on, be something that I push people to. If you're hurting and in need, one of the ways you grow in that is you go help someone who's hurting and in need, not sit back and receive. That's the Bible telling us those things. So the second point is growth. And so where do you think we're missing at? Where we're, I mean, we, there's some areas we could probably ourselves grow in this. And we've talked about kind of some maybe, again, programs, but some ways we could actually go a little further. Yeah, you know, as I've thought about this and as the elders, we've talked about this, there's a personalness to this um, where all of us 
I think to some degree, if we were to do some introspective work and look on our relationship with God and how we've grown or not grown in the last year, there's probably some things we can tinker with. Would, would we agree with that? Uh, is that a, a majority? A lot of heads nodding. So that's good. It's good for us to realize that. It's good. It's, what's not good is to guilt ourselves because of it and go, man, I've just been an idiot. I've been shameful all year. I haven't really grown the way I would. That's not of God. That's of the enemy. But I think it is good to have some introspectiveness of going, hey, some of these things, I need to up my game, not for the sake of the church, but for the sake of my personal relationship with the God of all creation who I have complete access to, I can grow more than I have over this last year. I hope you're thinking that because that's true. For every single one of us in this room, there is always more of God to be had. We have the fullness of Him, but there's more of Him that we could have. And so that comes with Scripture memory, spending time in the Word, prayer, fasting, Etc. Those are the things that grow our faith. I think another area is just uh, taking our life groups that have been great to create a sense of community and our team uh, figuring out ways and and all of us agreeing to this that hey we're gonna we're gonna jump deeper. So the food is nice, the laughter is nice, the ketchup is nice, not the condiment, but catching up with each other is nice. Now we're gonna go to a a deeper level of co-discipleship with one another so that it isn't a mile wide and a few inches deep. I think that's an area where, where there's, we there's some, and We've also talked about some other things too, like maybe getting a little bit better at maybe some women-specific Bible studies and men-specific mm-hmm. Bible studies. And, and as we look at kind of as we, you know, areas where you want to, you know, we talk about kind of where can you step in and where can you help and where do you kind of help push in this vision is is helping in some of these areas because there's some areas like men's retreats women's retreats you know participating and going in those um helps us grow together in 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 different groups so that's an area there so let's move on to serving yeah so serving is an interesting one uh and and honestly a lot of you have been around in church for a long time so i'll just throw this honesty we could parse out serving in a lot of different areas uh so i know that what we've chosen to do is look at it in regards to how are we serving the church, um, and and really we're talking about the local church, so Rock Creek Church, our ministries, our efforts, uh, whether it's setting up chairs, cleaning, locking up, counting money, being a greeter, working for those who are guests, uh, being a volunteer with Alex and Thrive Ministry, Base Camp Ministry, helping us launch men's and women's ministries, all of those things that continue to grow disciples, um, but we need those who are serving. And so when we say our job is to help every person take the next step in becoming a more fully devoted follower of Jesus, part of that is, much like our conversation with myself and Aaron is, you need to be serving. And, and you could say, oh, great, here's the pitch for, for us to work in, with the nursery. No. Okay, if you don't like babies, please don't go near them. Um, that's not a sales pitch. What it is, though, is every, as, and Josh said this in his opening remarks, every single one of you in this room, every single one of you has gifts and talents. You are gifted in a unique way not just for you and your personality, thank you, not just for you and your personality, but here's what's great about God's creativeness. You have been gifted to expand his kingdom. That's crazy to think about, that every single one of us have something that we can bring to the table that grows the kingdom of God. That's a magnificent fact to wrap our minds around. And when we are doing that, the church is functioning in all cylinders. When it's only happening with a quarter of the people or half the people, then that's what you're getting. And so when we talk about serving, we're looking at leads. We, we launched uh, a handful of months ago this new leads uh, ministry where we have individuals, uh, many of you in this room, a uh, tag team paralleled with an elder, and you're leading a group of volunteers in those areas, whether it be facilities, safety and security, 
um, life groups, technology, communication, et cetera, all these different life groups. So you can find a place to serve. You say, well, I'm, I'm up to my ears busy right now. I get that. You can jump in and give five minutes a week. You say, well, what does five minutes a week do? The same thing that $5 a week does. It makes a huge difference. It makes a difference in you, but it also makes a difference in the end goal of the church. And so serving is an enormous part of, of your discipleship process, of my discipleship process, that we are becoming more fully devoters, devoted followers of Jesus to do those things. Um, just out of curiosity, um, by raise of a hand, how many people are kind of on a lead team? Not, not a lead, but just participating, doing something in the team. Raise them up. Raise them up. That's good. I mean, it, like, this, the thing about this church is it, a lot of people do a lot of things. And so this is in no way basically saying, hey, you guys aren't doing enough. I mean, it's, it, we need more, but, it's, but you guys are also doing awesome. So I just want to thank you guys for participating in those leads, and there's, there's more to come on that. Yeah, so, so the last, last one is reaching. And uh, this is the DNA. It has always been the DNA, and it will continue to be the DNA of this church as we reach out. We, we don't spend a ton of time reaching in. We reach out. If you've been around here for even six months to a year, you've picked up on that, uh, is we care for those who are in great need, uh, whether that is uh, different places in Africa, down to Juarez, foster care ministry. I have include Haiti uh, in that. Um, some of you have been a part of um, your own individual trips, and we get behind that, Miranda, uh, going uh, to YWAM. And so that is a huge part of who we are. We uh, have relaunched Lamb's Lunch with our life groups. Uh, so if your life group has not jumped on one of the Lamb's Lunch uh, dates, uh, then please do so. For those of you who are new around here, maybe not familiar with that, uh, it's, it's basically a, a huge breakfast that uh, our team works with First Press in Boulder uh, to serve roughly about a hundred, is that right, Beth-ish? About a hundred uh, homeless men and women uh, there. And it's, it's more than just serve it. It's, it's show up, it's get the supplies, cook the food, serve the food, interact with, love, hopefully be able to pray, clean up, close up, go home. Uh, to love and care for those um, uh, friends of ours. Uh, packs of Hope, we've started uh, with our life groups doing Packs of Hope. Uh, these are backpacks that are created for foster kids that a tremendous amount of effort goes in to make sure they have the right supplies, that they are checked and double-checked and triple-checked in order to make sure that takes an enormous amount of time to do that. Um, we have told them we don't have a ton of money to throw at you, but we do have manpower. And so we, uh, several of you have gone uh, to Packs of Hope uh, to do that. We threw a, another one of our foster care parties uh, for um, the foster care system here of Boulder County and uh, almost tripled the amount that we had last year of families that came. Uh, and we're not only making a, a, a tremendous impact on those foster care families and children, but those who are working in the county to facilitate that process, we are a shining light to uh, those county workers to care for them. We store uh, facilities up in our attic for outreach for those kids. They don't have anywhere else for those supplies. You go, my gosh, are we the only ones? Right now, yes, we're the only ones. Uh, our little church, we do our best to supply. And uh, Mimi could be the first one to shout hallelujah. It's a mess. Um, okay? It's a mess. But so is outreach and missions. It's messy. Uh, it's not nice and neat and tidy. It's a mess up there. But we are a resource for families that get an emergency placement. They can show up to our attic, get a big bundle of wipes and diapers and go on their way. They can show up and go, I need two-year-old girl clothes. I have none. I have all boys. They can go shopping upstairs for free and get all of their supplies. We host recruitment meetings for the foster care system. We open our building and give it to them for free. We don't charge the county anything to use our facilities. We give it away for free. 
because we want it being used. And so a lot of their recruitment meetings are done here. Every fourth Saturday of the month, you may not know this, there's a support group, a huge support group with little kids that meet here. None of us are allowed here uh, to protect the um, identity, if you would, or, or just, you know, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, they, they get together here in the mornings, the fourth Saturday of every month, to have a support group. Why you need a support group? Because being a foster parent is really hard. Uh, and it can be very, very lonely. And so we provide uh, not only our building, but all of our resources, all of our equipment, all of our coffee. Anything they want, we give it away. And so we're doing that on a regular basis uh, to care for the foster care. And I'm here to tell you, you may not know the full effect that and dent that we are making in, in what I would deem otherwise a dark and lost county uh, in, in the sense of God. We are making a dent uh, in that in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, our Operation Shoeboxes, you guys just wow us beyond belief on the things that you bring in, shopping carts full, and we fill up uh, Operation Shoeboxes to bring uh, to these kids. Uh, next week, you'll be seeing pictures. We have pictures now of the kids that opened all of those gifts. And to see their faces, not on an Operation Christmas Child publicity flyer, but your boxes that you packed that you bought the belongings for, those kids opening up those gifts that otherwise would never have opened anything is worth the price of admission. Just unbelievable in the name of Christ. Uh, our Serve One opportunities, and we've got one coming up in February where we'll show up here, we'll make sandwiches, we'll bring in socks and uh, toiletries, we'll put bags together, we'll go downtown into Boulder and find our homeless friends and bless them and hopefully have conversations and pray with them. Uh, we mentioned our Africa trips, and then we get to Juarez. Our vision uh, is to send three teams a year from Rock Creek Church down to our uh, dear friends and growing family members uh, down in that sweet town. Now, I say growing because God continues to bring us new family members. We didn't have family members in YWAM. Now we do. And they're not just friends, now they're family. And so our hope is for once a year, we take down a work team, uh, and, and I'm kind of calling it the Navy SEAL trip, where we just blitz down, we kill ourselves for two days, and then we blitz home. Uh, very, very work-intensive, not people-oriented, hard work, long days, dirty, and sprint back, just a, a, a quick work trip. Um, a family mission trip, hopefully anywhere between five to seven days, eight or nine, if Beth had her brothers. Um, but a, fam a family mission trip. We just got back from that, and so we want to do that once a year. And then finally, uh, Alex and I have been talking quite a bit about starting to put plans together for a once-a-year student ministries trip that is taking students down there. Now, keep in mind, that's three trips a year for a really small church. We believe in it because we believe it's not just something good for us to do, but we genuinely believe we're called to, that we are called to be part of the solution down there in, again, an otherwise dark and lost city. Uh, God is making a dent. He is making a difference. So when we talk about we want to help you take the next step in becoming a more fully devoted follower of Jesus, your next step might to just come make a sandwich that someone else goes to hand out to a homeless person. Or your, your next step might be just to bring some belongings that go into an operation shoebox. Or your next step might be the ones to deliver those bags, deliver those boxes, go to Africa. Maybe your next step is to lead the team that goes down on the work trip. It doesn't just have to be me or Mark or Beth or someone else. Maybe God's putting in your heart going, hey, you need to step up, you need to be a leader, this is my next step with you. You need to do this. Our job is to help filter that, but that's the last stage of discipleship. Why? Because it's hard. It's super hard. But we want to help everybody get a taste of it. We have said for a number of years now, at least since I've been around, is our goal is that 100% of those who call Rock Creek Church home will have been on a mission trip at some point. So that you're not just hearing about it, but that you have experienced and lived it. So spend a little bit more time on reaching, but that's kind of the grand slam.
Yeah, that was uh, that was my question. Like, what would be the goal? So that would be. Oh. That was. Thank you for preloading my. There you go. Answer. Good student. All right. Um, so um, now we're going to move on to, we, and we're kind of cranking on time here. We're going to move on to. Um, we got to hit the gas. Hit I the gas. <laughs> you say that when I talk. Awesome. Anyway, <laughs> thanks. Wow. All right. Um, thanks. Anyway, so um, we're going to get into some more logistics stuff, but I want to I make sure we highlight the fact that this all plays a role in the stuff we just talked about. And, you know, this, uh, we're, we're putting facilities on here. We titled it, you know, Mission and Vision Continued. In order to do those things, we do need to have a facility and we need to have the resources to basically equip these things to happen. So here's just a, a quick update on on where we are on the facility. So we, uh, we, we've had meetings and groups and we talked to a bunch of people and we've landed on the top four priorities for uh, what we do with our facility. First one is expand, <coughs> uh, expanding to support kind of children's ministry in an in extra building uh, to, to the east here. And I'm going to have a diagram of what that looks like. You guys have seen it before, but it's, it's really, you know, how do we invest in our kids and give them actually uh, a place to be that isn't kind of right out here and we have to convert it every every week we're kind of like a church in a box inside of a box you know it's kind of like we have to rebuild it every sunday and how do we actually do that so that's number one then we need to expand knock out this wall and expand this sanctuary you guys have all been in here in a day where where it's more packed than this and we're kind of pushing the edges on you know church statistics would say if you have more than 60 to 70 percent capacity on a sunday a visitor won't come back just because you know (laughs) they may like us eventually but we're too close you know so so in order to we need to expand this room to to allow for more people to 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 worship with us and then next is pave the parking lot and then also um tap into city water um get rid of the water bottles and, and we can then actually irrigate and actually have some nice landscaping you know when you talk about these things I, i'm reminded real quickly um julia is at college and she started writing this paper and she picked a topic of kind of why are people leaving the 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 the, the church and one of the topics she was like yeah give me all these sources like yeah and this one person was talking about like to go to church and the first thing to do is talk about a parking lot and i kind of laughed i'm like well guess what i'm going to do the next couple weeks <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about a parking lot um so I, I, it was it was very convicting of her to say that on her on her paper but um and she got an a on it <clears throat> which is um, Awesome. <laughs> but anyway, but it all does kind of play. It's because one of the things is Boulder County is going to come back kind of where we are on the status. As we had this meeting, you heard that we got kind of the next phase of the planning center. Now it's going to go in front of the Boulder County Commission. But our neighbors and the county want us, you know, want this place to, to look like we belong in the neighborhood. And so parking lots, part of that. They're going to come back and say, you need to pave that thing. And they're, going to, they're most likely they are. And you need to put siding on the building that looks good. So, so all these things kind of work into the fact of not only kind of helping us evolve our mission, but being a, a belonging in the community and being a member of the community. So that's wh- why these things are out there. Um, you know, when, when we talked, we had a consultant come in uh, that we were looking at maybe utilizing, but they really, really are interested in talking on building opportunities that are like $5 million and greater. So we're like, oh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, thanks for coming by. But... Um, <laughs> But, you know, one of the things that he agreed with is, is, like, we really don't have a fully functioning church right now. Like I said, we have to rebuild it every, every Sunday. So, so that's part, part of what we really feel is important is to create a, a fully functioning facility that can enable us to do those things in the previous slide. Um, and one of the things, too, just for, for those that may not know, we actually spent a lot of time praying and think about and researching, is this the right place? Is this the right place for a facility? Does a church need to be here? Um, we've looked at, okay, if we sold a facility, what, what could we do with it? I, I, could we sell it? What would we get for it? Okay, then it's like, where do we move? <laughs> do it, like, I don't know if you notice, retail space around here is really expensive. Uh, and we've prayed about this a lot, and it keeps coming back that God has given us these resources, he's given us this facility, he's given us this land. So let's be super efficient with it and, and grow it to, to what it's, uh, it needs to be to, to meet his calling. So that's where we are. We're, we're, we're here, and we're investing in this. But we're not... Um, we're not reaching for the moon here. You know, we're not, we're not asking to, um, you know, rebuild. If I, we were running the numbers the other day, is if we were to rebuild, a, like start from scratch to build a facility to be the square footage, you know, it would be recommended for us to budget like three and a half to $5 million. And, and <laughs> we don't need to do that. We, we, can, we can, with small investments, um, go um, do great things with, with small amounts of dollars. So go to the next slide. So what this looks like is, you guys have seen this before, this is our current facility here. We're looking at a set of portables uh, that's going to be dressed up and look nice and not look like a set of portables. It would be just to the east of the building, so uh, uh, the, um, this would be McCausland over here, looking east. 
and then this is where the building would sit here. So this is a significant amount of space, right? So this is about 6,000. This would be about 4,000. So we be about 10,000 square feet. What was that? I'm getting comments Mac down McCoslin? Yeah, do you have a comment? What was that? McCoslin? Oh. McCoslin. Sorry, whatever. It's All just right. better to address it because everyone was like, I don't even listening now. Okay, whatever. McCoslin. All right. That street over there? Um, that one there. Thanks. Okay, now we can Thanks, refocus. Man. All right, well, focus, focus, focus. Okay, so, uh, so that's, that's kind of where uh, physically, again, these are, these are drafts. Go to the next slide. And just to, just, this is a little bit more detail we need to get into today, but basically the point is on this is this is roughly what our plan looks like. Kind of where we are right now is we're in this, we're in this bar right here of getting the, the, that's been approved right there. The next step is this. And then once this happens, it's going to set off this chain of events. So this is planning a design. This is the permit process, this is putting the building in, parking lot, um, uh, that's um, landscaping, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to move these things around. We've got a refinance loan process in there. So just to know that there's been a lot of people working on the different details of this to get us where we are right now. And so this kind of plays then into our budget. Any, well, we're going to have a question session here at the end, but... I just want to highlight uh, Pat Rice and John McGovern have spent uh, an, a crazy amount of hours on, on this process, there are spokespeople, there are leaders, uh, and so can we thank them for their hard work? Thank you guys, seriously. The, am the amount of emails and drawings and processing, uh, if you think it's hard for a house or a business, try doing it for a church. Uh, it is, is literally trying to swim upstream, so thank you guys, appreciate it. There's a lot more to come on that. We're going to be um, like using maybe the, the wall by the restrooms or maybe out in the lobby, not really sure, but we're going to be using that as a place to kind of keep updated on where we are. There's going to be lots of opportunities to jump in and help in the areas of this. And by the way, if you have an expertise in, in these kind of things, you know, come to us and, and let us know um, how you can contribute. So, if you're, you're related to someone on the commission. That would be outstanding. Well, actually, all right, so... Um, that's another topic. Okay, go to the next page. So, so let's talk about um, this budget. Um, we are proposing, uh, or the Elder Board has agreed to a $285,000 budget. So what does this look like? I'm going I'm to highlight a couple things, and Brian's going to jump in as well. But the first thing I want to do is, is say thank you. Um, we continually hear um, from our accountant person at, at Converge that this body is insanely faithful in their giving. So um, you guys give consistently. And um, so we just want to say thank you to that. So give yourselves a hand for that. Um, so but where, where were we? Uh, the final uh, 2018 numbers are not quite done yet, but the short version is we fell a little short of what we had budgeted last year. So when you look at this budget, this budget is really, really conservative and because we kind of fell short from where our budget was last year. Now, with that said, we also... Um, spent less than we brought in. So we, we continually look, look at those numbers every month and look at them and say, where, you know, can we spend more here, can we not? But we always keep our expenses below our, 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 below our, our, our income. So that's, uh, that's kind of where we are. We'll have more details of exactly where that landed out, but that's, that's kind of where we were. So we are estimating, if you look at the bottom here, we're estimating that this budget represents, again, based on estimates, of only about a 2.5% increase over last year. That's not a lot. That's super conservative. And so when you look at this, um, over on the right, <clears throat> I want to highlight some areas that um, I don't feel good about this budget in. So <clears throat> if you look at um, uh, the, the youth, by the way, we have about a 19% increase in last year on Thrive and about an 82% increase in base camp. Now, 82% sounds like a lot, but that's over like two bucks. Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's such a small number that when you increase it a little bit, it 82% looks way more impressive than it really is. It's really kind of not very much. The other area that is, that is a big miss for me is if you look at these numbers, mission outreach, the percentage is there. We just spend a lot of time talking about missions and outreach. This, what this number doesn't represent, though, is the thousands of dollars that you guys have given individually to people in this church to enable those things to go. I know Miranda specifically is hugely thankful for the investment you guys made in her and her trip and the Juarez trip. So this number doesn't represent that, okay? Now, it's never represented that to, to some extent. I mean, the, over the history, we, we've continued as a church, always done well there. But as you look at kind of those, those bullet points that, that Brian went through 
and you look at the facility, all these play a role in that if we can, you know, people have asked me, well, how big does the church need to be? I don't want to be like as big as the Flatirons or, or whatever. And, and that's not our goal. Our goal is to grow to the point where we can fulfill what God's calling us to do. And so what does that number look like? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what that number is, but I think it's bigger than it is right now. How much bigger? Don't really know. But I do know that I, I would like to see those numbers on the right next year go up. But when we have a budget this small, and if you look at the, you know, the, uh, the, the staff, you know, that's a fully, by the way, that's a, <laughs> for what we're getting, this is way less than we should be spending too. So we, th- this covers three people that serve this church in a staff, uh, staff position. So we have the details that go behind each one of these numbers. If anybody wants to take a look at it, um, let, let us know. But that's kind of where we are on the percentage-wise. And so when we go to the next slide, is, which is we're going to vote, let's talk a little bit about, well, let me, let me stop right now. This is the point where I think we should, do you have anything to add or we want to go into questions? Yeah, I just want to, you know, for a lot of you who have been around church for a long time, these budgets are um, miserable unless you're just dripping with dollars. Uh, You know, you can see in looking at this, you know, I use the the idea that, you know, we don't have really fat to trim uh, in order to increase areas. We don't have, you know, season tickets to the Broncos for our staff, and we're going to have to give those up this year because there's not enough money. Uh, There there isn't, though, there aren't those things. One of the things I want to highlight is when we look at uh, base camp, and some of you go, okay, what's base camp? Let me explain that. That is, base camp is from the time a baby is born to sixth grade. Um, That is an annual budget to serve them and their parents and the supplies and the curriculum and the events. Uh, Thrive is middle school ministry and high school ministry to do the exact thing, the exact same thing. For over 20 years, the total amount given to our kids from birth to when they graduate high school has fluctuated between 1.2 to 1.5% of our budget. That's a failure. And I want to unapologetically say that. We cannot, in good faith and with integrity, look at each other and say, we care about the next generation. We care about kids. We care about families. We want to grow this church with a budget percentage being like that. It's been that way for too long. As we continue to make enormous strides trying to reach more people for Christ and grow families and pour into our kids, many of whom your kids are there, that has to be increased. Uh, now, how is that increased? With more people. That's, that's not, it has to be increased and you need to give 50% more. We need more people uh, to do exactly what Grant uh, is alluding to. So that needs to be addressed. Uh, And then I just want to reiterate uh, missions and outreach. Uh, I I wish that number were three times that size so that we are able to do more in becoming more fully devoted followers of Jesus. However, with that said, when we begin to think about where dollars go and where they don't, like I began, there's only so much wiggle room. We can't cut, like we can't just say, well, we're going to have heat only on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. We're going to cut our uh, mortgage or we're going to cut our garbage service. If you look at within our facilities uh, services, that's in order to care for this place, and our facilities total and operations, that's where you grab significant dollars in order to do something. But those, many of those dollars aren't wiggle room whatsoever. So then it becomes, do we get rid of Brian? Do we get rid of Alex? Do we get rid of Pope? That's where you, you have to start making those very, very difficult decisions uh, as a church. 
And sometimes we want to kind of tiptoe around those things. We don't want to even address those. We don't want to put names to those things. But that's a reality that we uh, have to face. We believe that, and this is me saying it, my presence here as lead pastor, Alex's present, uh, presence as associate pastor to lead our students, lead in worship and lead in the 50 other areas that he leads. And the Pope, Pope is give or take, I'm just kidding. I love the Pope uh, and he is invaluable. Uh, and it's not just in uh, little kids. The amount that he does around here is invaluable. So in order to make significant adjustments you know this even within your business, it usually comes down to significant overhead or employment. And uh, neither of those do we want to make cuts to. So that means that we have to make some of those cuts. And unfortunately, and I, I don't want to skirt past this, what I'm not okay with is there's a 12% reduction in various services. Some of that comes in missions uh, in order to prioritize our kids. I don't like it. I don't think it's right. I don't sleep well at night with it, but it's a necessary uh, move in order to take care of our kids, our church, our family, our people, you as parents. I just want to make that abundantly clear because that d those decisions that the elders have made uh, to make those significant shifts, as far as I can tell, and I've looked at the budgets for many, many years of Rock Creek Church, this is the first significant increase for children and families. I'm, I'm tempted to say ever. I'm careful with that. You guys have been around here longer than me, but for a long, 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 long time. Uh, so I just want to make sure that, that, that you hear that directly from me. Uh, that does not mean that we say, okay, well, we don't have enough, so there, therefore we're not going to do those three trips that we talked about for Juarez. No, nope, we are. We're going to figure out a way to do it. We're still going to do foster care. We're still going to do the parties. We're still going to do lamb's lunch. We're still going to do the outreaches. We're still going to do serve one. We are still doing those things. We're just having to trim back and tighten our belts. Um, yep. Questions? Did you, did you have another? You, you were no. really big punch there. Like you were like nope, really winding no punch. up. Okay. McCoslin. Um, so we're going to vote here in a minute. Um, I mean, let me, let me kind of queue up what, what this vote is, what it isn't, and then uh, I absolutely have any questions. But um, so Rock Creek Church is an is a elder-governed kind of body. So the authority really is with the elder board, and the elders basically have approved this budget. So um, what you're voting on is to affirm this. And, it, and it's not just an affirmation of saying, okay, that's fine, you know, whatever. But it's, it's, it's all the stuff that, that came up to this. You're affirming the decision on... Uh, on the budget, yes, that's kind of our, our tactical thing we have to do for our bylaws. But it's also, uh, you're affirming the fact that you're, in, as you think about it, as you pray about it, what you're going to do next week, what you're going to do tonight, what you're going to do next month, all those things that we talked about prior to the budget, you know, that aligns behind the budget and you're aligning with participating in, in, in those areas. You're, you're, you're committing to growing. You're committing to uh, spiritual growth. You're, you're committed to belonging. You're committing to help other people belong. You're committing to reaching and serving. So that's what this, um, as, you, as you, yes, you're affirming the, the budget, I want you in your heart to say, yes, um, I'm affirming all of that. Um, so anyway, um, that's kind of why I wanted to kind of highlight there. Now let's open up. Any questions, comments, concerns from the group? Real quick, uh, it's 18 and older that you're voting. If this is your home church, um, we hold kind of membership a little bit loosely for good or ill. That's what we do. But if this is your home church, you're plugged in here, this is home, and you're 18 or over, uh, then we'd love your vote um, on those things. I also want to say this, uh, and maybe you said it because I wasn't listening, so I apologize. Thank you for your attention. Um, just being honest. Love that. Uh, love when it. you're voting too, you're also voting for kind of the vision. Um, and that includes the building, the parking lot, the sanctuary, where we're going as a church. So yes, it's the budget, um, but you're also kind of throwing your weight behind us uh, as a leadership. Jerry, say that. I, I touched on that a little bit, but yeah, well said. Well said. All right. Uh, again, any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, opinions? We want to be able to answer questions. So if something's on your mind, um, if it's something that you would just like to express to us offline, 
then great, you can certainly do that. But if you have a question for clarification, or if you don't agree with something, then, then raise your hand and Grant will run to you. Yes. Stan. Stan. Expansion project is separate from the budget, is it not? That's correct. The, the expansion, what, what we've done is we have included in our principal and taxes and interest, we have included those amounts in the budget to reflect uh, if we were to redo our current mortgage to reflect the increase in principal and increase in interest. However, uh, when it comes to some of the other areas of beautification and, and those kind of things, those would be outside of this particular budget. And that, that number that's included in here is just getting us the new building out front. That does not include the expansion of the sanctuary, uh, the paving of the parking lot, and the city water. That is not included in the budget. That's just the path that we're on. Does that answer your question? Great question. Can I have an elder come get one of, get all these? Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Anybody else not have theirs? Dan will compute those real fast and then uh, get them to us. Thanks, you guys, for helping pass that stuff out. Other questions? Great question. Did we leave anything out? Thanks, Josh. All right. Hey, so we're going to get, um, we're going to do our best to shift here. If you have to go, no hard feelings and we get it. We're, we're running long on this. We do it once a year, so our apologies. It's 1124. We still want to do communion. I, I still think it's very, very important, but I know sometimes you make lunch appointments and everything else. Uh, when we go into a time of worship, if you want to duck out or if you have to duck out now, please, no hard feelings and no guilting. We're not going to call you out, uh, even though I do sometimes. I won't do it this one. Um, I Just complete um, freedom on that. You know, the, the thing about uh, coming to the Lord's table that is, is pretty unbelievably special at, at an annual meeting is it's a reminder that things aren't the same. <laughs> That's what this table does for us. It's a, it's a reminder things aren't the way they used to be anymore. That's hard for us to wrap our minds around. But for first century, second century, fourth century followers of Christ, it was something new. They didn't have to go kill things anymore. They didn't have to put in all the work because the work had been done. They didn't have to shed blood because blood had been shed once and for all. No longer did that our brothers and sisters have to think, man, I've got to try and be good enough today because the cross said you can't be good enough. And when Jesus gave his body and his blood for us, what, what that does is it changes things. It gives us a new perspective it gives us a, a new outlook on what the importance is. And I want to encourage us every time we come to the table, every time we take the bread, every time we take the cup, I hope that you do two things. One, that there's a general truth, but I hope you embrace it as a very, very personal truth. That you are loved more than your wildest imaginations, even though God knows you. He knows the good and the bad and the ugly. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly of us as a church. And yet, willingly, still goes to the cross. So when we have these annual meetings, again, thank you for sitting through and, and for participating, nodding, not snoring. Um, I, I genuinely do appreciate that, but it is also a great time to kind of renew a commitment back to Him. His commitment has never waned, it's never lessened, it's never disappeared. His commitment to you is as strong as it was that awful day 
right around three o'clock when he breathed his last. It's still the same. And so as we get ready for a a time of, of worship and of communion, make it personal for you. Interact with your God. Interact with your Lord Jesus. Ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to you, give you that special word that we talked about on Christmas Eve. And so let's pray together as we get ready for this time. So Lord, thank you for the bread. And thank you for this simple cup that changes everything. Thank you that you knew in advance that it would be so impactful for us when you say, for as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. You knew that every time we would be blessed. So thank you. Thank you that you take us as we are, but you love us too much to just leave us there. Thank you for this dear church with a heart that's larger than the Flatiron Mountains. Thank you, God, that you are bigger than anything that we could ever ask or imagine. Please use us in powerful ways to accomplish your dreams, uh, your mission, your vision for us, both individually and corporately together as a family. And so please take our worship now. May it bring a smile to your heart as you see us submit and surrender to you. We pray these in the strong and powerful name of the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. It was unanimous for, so thank you very much. Love you, man. Um, somebody had mentioned that there wasn't enough information, so if anybody needs more information, like on budget details and stuff like this, just let us know. But thank you very much. We appreciate it. No, no, don't be patient.